Our prayer was for all of God's will and also for only God's will. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 I cannot even begin to tell you how super excited I am to launch the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. The day is here after a lot of prayer and a lot of preparation. And right now as we launch this, Easter is coming. And aren't you thankful that God is Father of all our seasons? He is Father and Creator of all seasons. He conquered the grave so that we may have life after death. That's one of the things that we're going to be talking about all through this podcast. There's life after death. This podcast is here because of time spent with moms, raising daughters, raising sons without a dad. And I began to sense the need to continue those conversations. You have so many questions, and there's so many unknowns when you find yourself in a place that you never dreamed you'd be. But ladies, God is there. Moms, He is with you. All I ever wanted to be was a wife and a mother. And I've often said, children are a gift of the Lord, but the unwrapping is what takes place in our own hearts. Both getting married and raising children sanctify us, don't they? Sanctification is making us more like Jesus. And marriage and having children and raising children will make us more like Jesus or have the potential to make us more like Jesus than anything else you will ever experience. Being left alone raising children without a husband and without a dad can be really overwhelming, daunting, scary, and painful. And so I am so thankful that you are here. I pray you will find this to be a safe place. I pray that you will find understanding, discipleship, mentoring, and hope. Trials and suffering like you have walked through, and grief and pain like you have experienced, will bring us to a crisis of faith. That's an opportunity to take a deeper look at who God is and our relationship with Him. If you are searching, asking questions, hungering for answers, you're in the right place. I am not here as one who did it all right. In fact, there will be many lessons on what I wish I knew then that I know now. Hopefully, my perspective from walking through this valley and raising children on my own is what will come into this podcast and will be helpful to you. I am empty nest. I've raised my children. I'm a grandmother now. And I want to be like Titus 2 tells us to have older women in our lives that mentor us and and can encourage us and pray for us. So I want to be that woman in your life testifying of God's faithfulness in my own journey with Him. God has been 
as a husband to me for over two decades. I love God. I have loved Him for as long as I can remember. I love God's Word. I love women. I love marriage. I loved marriage. I'm not married now, but I loved marriage. And I love life. This is our first episode, so I think it's important to share a piece of my story with you. The story includes several parts that um, make our podcast, as we go through those different parts, a little longer than what we expect the normal podcast time to be. But I want to give you a foundation on which to build on. We all have stories. I think one of my favorite life verses is Psalm 139. It's so mysterious, but God tells us that he wrote the story of our lives in a book even before time began, even before we lived the first day of our lives. I know that is a mystery that is sometimes hard to handle, especially when we walk through death. But for me, understanding that foundation and the sovereignty of God over my life allows me to rest. God knows, God sees, God cares. We all have a timeline of our lives, a time where we were born and then we have different dots that are added to that timeline, happy, sad, dots of exclamation point, and dots of pain and sorrow. And so as I begin to share the backstory to Perspective Ministries and this podcast, I want to share different parts of the story that I think will be important as we get into moving forward with giving help for those of you raising fatherless children. I don't want the podcast to be about me. It's about you and your needs as a mom and your precious children. I want to hear from you. How can I come alongside of you when you're calling to raise children without a dad? Uh, you'll be able to submit questions and we'll be able to interact in our private Facebook page with the same title. And I also want to include other stories of people who have grown up fatherless and looked to God as their father. Men and women who have found God to be faithful and to have found that they were not left without a father. And so I pray these guests will offer insight into how you can raise men without a man in their lives and how you can raise little girls without a dad. And so today for part one, I want to share a little bit of how I met my husband, the fairy tale romance. Oh, I wish I could hear each one of your stories. They're so important. They're the foundation for the lives of your children. All I wanted to be was a wife and a mother. And so when I graduated high school, my dad did not give me the option of not going to school. I did not like school. But he insisted that I had to have a college education in case I needed it one day. And so I went off to Baylor University out in Waco, Texas, 
And I decided since all I wanted to be was a wife and a mother, I would pick a major in the home economics department. I know, do they even offer home economics anymore? Well, they did then, and so I picked fashion merchandising. I loved to sew, I loved everything about the home, and I wanted to just learn how to be the best wife and homemaker that I could be. When I graduated, sadly, I did not come away with an MRS degree. I did not find my husband at Baylor. Instead, I had a degree in fashion merchandising. And I took my first job as every little girl's dream, right? To be an assistant buyer for men's shoes at a department store in Miami, Florida called Burdines. And it was a sad day a year or so later when I was called into the office and they transferred me. If I wanted to keep my job, I was going to be transferred across the state. And now my career was going to progress to being the manager of the menswear department. (sighs) Again, it was going downhill from there. But I kept my sight on the goal of working eventually in the fashion department. And so I kept pushing towards that goal, and I soon became the special events coordinator. This is part of the story for meeting my husband. It really started with a big step of faith. The year that I met him, my verse for that year came from Job 22, verses 21 to 29. Those verses say that in every decision, we must make sure we're at peace with God. We must receive instruction from His mouth and establish His words in my heart. Scripture there goes on to promise that if you obey God in these things, He will hear your prayer, establish your desires, and shed light on all your ways. And so I came to a place in my young life where I was going to be required to step out in obedience. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 to 38 also encouraged me. That verse says, therefore do not throw away your confidence which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God you may receive what was promised. And he goes on and says, my righteous ones must live by faith. If you shrink back, my soul has no pleasure in you. And so I was 25 years old. God challenged me in obedience, and he used his word to confirm what he was challenging me to do. He told me in his word that he would answer my prayers. He would give me the desires of my heart, and I would see great things happen. And he also reminded me that I would have to have endurance and to choose God's will over mine. So again, this is setting the stage because the fairy tale romance you will hear in the different parts of the story that I share over the next several weeks looked much different than I ever dreamed at this point in my life. I had convictions, and in the career as a special event coordinator with a retail company, 
I was having to um, compromise some of my convictions and my standards. And so I came to a point where I knew I needed to resign from that job. And I took a job with the J. Strack ministry. Uh, He was a pastor stepping out into evangelism the same time I was asked of the Lord to resign. And so it was through that step of obedience of stepping out of the career, not that it was a career that I was going to love for the rest of my life, but it did pay my bills. It was through following God and obedience that I started working with Jay Strack. Again, another part of the story. But let's go back just a little bit. I was what you would call one of those late bloomers. I never dated in high school, and I dated one guy in college for a little bit. That's not what I would have preferred, but that's the way it was. But conveniently, my personal standards and convictions and passions in my heart towards godliness matched up with the fact that I didn't have this dating season, dating life. Um, There were no temptations because there were no guys interested in me. Uh, No one called and no one asked me out for a date. I was not voted Mrs. Popular or Miss Beautiful or even most likely to succeed. I was one of those wallflowers just in the background. But deep in my heart, I knew that God had called me for a specific plan and a specific purpose. I received a call in high school. It was a call that I felt God was preparing me to be a wife of a man who would be in ministry. And I thought maybe it would be a pastor, but I just knew I was sensing a call to ministry. And so I began preparing and waiting for that day. There's a verse that says, The vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Even though it tarries, wait for it, for it certainly will come, and it will not delay. Well, it felt like it was delaying, but... I was waiting for God's chosen man for me. Now, my husband, Bobby, his scores on the high school popularity charts were quite different from mine. But he was also considered a late bloomer. He was skinny and scrawny and short um, when he was in high school, and he was doomed to be worthless by a coach. Those words rang in the ears of his heart almost on a daily basis. He was worthless. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in later episodes. God, of course, did not give the title worthless to my husband. But it's amazing how words will stick and how the enemy will use them against us later on in our lives. Satan is so patient to wait for an opportune time. But somehow, my husband and I survived those difficult years where we felt ugly and rejected. College wasn't much different for us, but we began to succeed in some of our talents, and the ugly ducklings began to blossom. Bobby grew up physically from a man of five foot eight inches in high school and college he grew to be six four and he was big those protein shakes his coach recommended for growth they really worked 
And I began to feel more confident and move forward in learning about the talents that God had given to me. I turned my heart to God at the young age of eight, and I never turned away from the Lord, even during some of those difficult high school years. But Bobby's story was much different. He professed to know Jesus at an early age, and he even got baptized. But later he realized that baptism is different from salvation. And so when he was 17, he gave his heart to the Lord and believed this was when he began his own personal walk with Jesus. So two young people plain but in love with Jesus with a high calling on both their lives. We were eventually called the Ken and Barbie of our day, believe it or not, the perfect couple destined to ride off in the sunset with the perfect marriage and the perfect conclusion to the story. But back to working for Jay Strack. So he had his wife, Diane, made it her goal to be my matchmaker. Because, of course, I was moving towards being an old maid at the ripe age of 25. And so my husband was one of the founding members of a contemporary group called New Song. They would travel and sing, and they were singing close by to where we were living at the time. They were going to perform in the big city of Immokalee, Florida. If you look at it on the map, it's a little teeny town in the Everglades of South Florida. And right before the concert, Diane was interviewing the group, and she was insistent on making sure Bobby knew that this young single girl would be coming to the concert. And so she told me all about him, and we were both determined that we've we've been down this road before. We were not interested in another perfect match that would be all wrong. But I went ahead and I went to the concert. I enjoyed the concert, but I avoided watching this guy too much because I was afraid he would think I had come just to see him. And of course, as I kind of watched and made my little legalistic judgments, you know, about him. The one thing I did observe was he did seem to love what he was singing about. And so after the concert, I was not going to linger or try to meet this guy. But as circumstances would have it, I went back to the record table. Now, I know I'm really dating myself now, but I went back to where they would sell records, and there he was. And the room cleared, and there was this guy, tall, which was a big quality on my list because I felt that I was tall. In fact, I was called too tall Latch, my maiden name in high school. Dark, he had dark hair, and he really was handsome. And we talked for about 45 minutes, and I could just sense that he really loved the Lord. So I left that new song concert, and I went home, and I told my roommate, I met the man I'm going to marry tonight. The next morning, I got a call from Bobby, and he said, I told God, if you let me marry her, I'll be a happy man. Wow, what a way to start a relationship. 
We prayed that day over the phone for God to guide us in this new relationship, believing that this was not a coincidence and God had something ahead for us. Our prayer was for all of God's will and also for only God's will. And so after that concert and us feeling that God was in this relationship, he began to confirm in a lot of ways. He gave us a peace, an overwhelming peace, and he answered many, many prayers. I understood the peace that people talk about when they say, you will just know. How do you know if that's the man you're to marry? You will just know. And I just knew. He proposed to me five weeks after we met, and then we made it official with a ring and a wedding date just two months later. Our wedding was quite the special event. I had seven bridesmaids, five junior bridesmaids, three flower girls, and two girls to follow after my train. Bobby had seven groomsmen, two candle lighters, and a ring bearer. The ceremony started with a trumpet fanfare similar to the Princess Diana royal wedding, and it ended with us walking out to the Hallelujah Chorus. (laughs) If a wedding ceremony could secure a marriage, ours certainly did. We were destined to live happily ever after. And I can't wait to share more of the story on our next episode. Don't forget, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and give us a rating and a review. And please share this with other moms who are raising kids without a dad and come on over and join the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids private Facebook group.